Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hi there. We are in month nine of our study of The Hour Has Come. We're talking about the conversations that Jesus had shortly before the cross. And this one is his conversation about persecution from John chapter 15, beginning in verse 18 and going into the beginning of chapter 16. We're finishing up this study. We've already had our video podcast, if you've been keeping up with those. But today I wanted to do number two of our audio podcast and talk just for a few minutes about the way that Jesus himself was persecuted in every way that we can today be thinking of persecution in our own lives. When I look at Jesus described in Hebrews 4 verse 15, it says there, we have not a high priest which can't be touched with the feeling of our own infirmities, but he was in all points tempted like as we were. Well, I know there are more forms of temptation than simply persecution, but was he persecuted in all points like as we are? Well, I've I listed in your lesson all of the different kinds of persecution that I could think of that Christians might endure today, beginning with physical abuse or death. And I don't think any of us doubt that Jesus was physically abused. And of course, he died on the cross of Calvary for us. And so as I think about that, we're just not even going to, we don't even need to point out a scripture for that because that's the whole culmination, climax of the scheme of redemption. And we have two or three chapters at the end of each one of the gospels, as long as, as uh, well as references to it throughout all the epistles. So the physical abuse and death of our Lord Jesus Christ, of course, he was tempted in that point, like as we are. And then the next one that I listed is hatred. And of course, Jesus was hated. Probably the most succinct reference that we have to that is in Jesus' own words. I'm turning over there right now. And it's in the text that we're studying as we go through these lessons about the hour has come. So we get to John chapter 15. And he just comes right out and very clearly says that the world has hated him. So we're in John 15, and we begin with verse 18, and it says there, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would have his own, would love his own, but because you're not of the world, but I've chosen you out of the world, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, the servant isn't greater than his Lord. If they've persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do to you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they had not had sin. But now they don't have any excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. He says it over and over. I am hated. 
But this comes to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when the comforter is come, whom I will send to you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So number one, Jesus was physically abused and died for us. Number two, he was definitely the subject of hatred. Number three there, I have verbal anger. Was Jesus the subject of verbal anger? Well, in all of those times when they blasphemed him, they were angry at him. In fact, in one of those occasions, they were willing to pick up stones and stone him. And so when you're willing to pick up stones and stone him and you're talking, I would say that is verbal anger. But I wanted us to look specifically at Luke 11 verse 15. And it says there, he was casting out a demon and it was dumb or mute. And it came to pass when the devil was gone out that the mute or the dumb man spake and the people wondered but some of them said, he's casting out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. And others, tempting him, sought of him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And a house divided against a house falls. If Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because you say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub. And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judge. Wow, Jesus was saying some rather strong things here in Luke chapter 11. He goes on uh, with some of his woes uh, to the Pharisees. The Pharisees are going to, in this same chapter, talk about him uh, sitting down to meet and not washing his hands before dinner. They are going to um, make several false accusations and Jesus is going to begin with some woes to them. And then he's going to say, beware to his apostles, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. I mean, Jesus is saying some very strong things here, and they are angry at him. And in that, they make this accusation that he's casting out devils with the power of Beelzebub. I'm going to say that that was one example, although there are many in your New Testament, of verbal anger. And certainly when Jesus went to the cross and they were crying out, crucify him, crucify him. And they were becoming all the more vehement when Pilate was saying, I find no fault in him. Of course, that would be another example of verbal anger against our Lord. Now, what about ridicule or mocking? We don't have to go very far. We could even use this example that we just now used and say that they were mocking him because uh, it does say in verse 16, others tempting him sought of him a sign from heaven. But we have some really um, good examples of the mocking. I had to say good examples because we don't want to talk about mocking of Jesus in a good light at all, but we have some clear examples of the mocking of Jesus. Um, in John 7, early in the life of Jesus, not the last Passover, but it's after he began his ministry and his brothers were making fun of him. They did not believe in him. After these things, Jesus didn't walk anymore in Galilee, 
for he would not walk in Jewry or the places where the Jews were openly because the Jews were looking to kill him. You think they were angry when they talked to him? Well, yes, they were looking to kill him. Now the Jews, the feast of the, the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand, and his brethren said, Depart. Now you know they're mocking because it's going to say they don't believe in him. Depart hence and go into Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For there is no man that does anything in secret. You can hear the mocking. And he himself seeks to be known openly. If you're doing these things, show yourself to the world. 4, verse 5, neither did his brethren believe in him. His own brothers were mocking him in John 7. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. We hear that mockery up at Jesus, even when he was dying on the cross. And then I wanted us to also look at Luke 16, verse 14. Just one more example. It says, Jesus had just said, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. And the Pharisees also, who were covetous, heard all these things, and they derided him. Derided. They mocked him, is what that means. And then it goes on with the conversation there. So we have Jesus being physically abused, even to the point of death. We have verbal anger against Jesus. We have verbal ridicule or mocking. And next time we'll talk about loss of income or position and intentionally inflicted sorrow or mental anguish and the loss of freedom or incarceration, all of which our Lord experienced. I mean, when he says he was tempted in all points like as we are, that certainly is going to include all kinds of persecution Jesus underwent. And you know what? We are supposed to be count we're we're supposed to be rejoicing that we are counted worthy to suffer with him. We'll talk about that passage next time too. I hope you have a great day and be sure to catch number three.